Blog Talk Radio. Make it too deep. I'm in too deep. To my need in this street, I'm in too deep. To my need in this street, I'm in too deep. Sell them deep in these streets, I'm in too deep. Oh, oh, oh. Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. I said I'm deep in these streets, I'm in too deep. Oh, 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 oh. Sitting here talking to my brother about this, that, and the other. Like, is it right that we can't grind? Is it a right way to do the wrong thing? Standing on the outside looking in. The more I push away, the more I put in. So-called homies don't give a fuck about me. But it wouldn't be the same without me. I used to get good grades. Now I'm in the hood taking fades. I was born and then I was sworn in it. Now I'm in over my head and I can't see the war ending. Is it for a good cause or all senses? Praying to the Lord and sinning. But is he listening? At night I'm seeing murder in my sleep. Stuck in that thing I'm in too deep.
getting better. It's like the people got a curse. Can't nobody stay together. I watch them get my people down. Plus, we're killing off each other. No, no. Ain't no justice for the brothers. No, no. See the red light behind this car. Only thing he digging is this gonna be the end of me. Also, it's the problem. Like every time I turn around, you people always messing with me. He said you look suspicious, and you fit the description of a caller about a robbery. This some more cops game. I keep my hands where they can see him. I know this can be the end of me. They say that we all created equal, but it's nothing about it equal. You know that there can never be no justice when killing us illegal. Somebody's gotta take a stand. Sacrifice to be a man. Somebody's gotta take a stand. Nah, nah, no, no. So it's getting worse. Boy, it's getting better. It's just the people got a curse. Should nobody stay together? I'm just gonna get my people down. Should be killing off each other. No, no. no. Ain't no justice for the brothers. And that shit is getting worse. Boy, it's getting better. It's just the people got a curse. Everybody stay together. I want you to get my people down. Cause we're killing off each other. No, no, no. Ain't no justice for the brothers. No, no. 4 a.m. in the morning. Police banging real hard on my mama front door. Screaming open this shit right now. You got 20 more seconds before we set this door down. Then a hand my mama. Then a hand my granny. Hand my sister. Just some more cops came. Crackers told us up, never even showed a warrant. They say that we all created equal, but it ain't about a sequel. You know that there can never be no justice when killing us is legal. Somebody's gotta take a stand, sacrifice and be a man. Somebody gotta take a stand. Oh, getting better. It's just the people gotta curse. Party stay together. I'm just gonna get my people down. Just be killing off each other. No, no. Ain't no justice for the brothers. See, my shit is getting worse. This boy's getting better. It's just the people got a curse. Can't nobody stay together. I'm just gonna get my people down. Just be killing off each other. No, no. Ain't no justice for the brothers. No, no. What's up, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to Love for the Lockdown Radio on this lovely Sunday night. This is your host, Callie Kim, the boss. It's just after 6 p.m. out here on the West Coast. And just at that, after uh, 9 p.m. out on the east, yep. And uh, first of all, before we get started, I got to give a, a big, huge shout-out to the Almighty. Yep, thanks and praises, thanks and praises. God gave us this beautiful day that we were able to live to see. You know, we were also able, you know, to see another beautiful, blessed year as well, 2017. is Definitely going to be a year for new beginnings, new transitions, and so many wonderful things. If you believe, you definitely can achieve. Always remember that. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I want to give a special shout-out to all of the women and the men that are behind the walls. You know, we do this each and every Sunday for you guys, fighting that good fight. Just continue to hold your head, you know, keep the faith, tis, because God is good, you know. He's definitely good. I want to give a special shout-out to tonight's sponsors, Love for the Rock Radio, Locations, Jamaican Food to You, Diego to the Bay Magazine, the ULR Network, and everybody that's rocking with us tonight. You know, I see the, the, the switchboard is lit up. You know, the chat room is cracking. Uh, special shout-out to everybody that's on Facebook and on Instagram rocking with us tonight. Um, you know, uh, especially all of the women that's on Instagram. Oh, my God, a lot of the prison wives and the prison girlfriends that are holding their loved ones down behind the walls. I just want to give a special, special shout-out to you guys because I see you guys going hard, especially M7432. You guys go so hard for the you know, for the, the loved ones that are locked down that, you know, are depending on us to give them that extra motivation to keep their days going. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, special shout-out to you guys. And a special shout-out to my homeboy, T, Godfather, Wesley Hunter, uh, my homeboy, Jamie, that's in Virginia, and my homeboy, L.A. Leach. You know, I got nothing but love for all of you guys. L.A. Leach, you know, we got a lot of great things to look forward to for 2017. This year is yours, I promise. Enough love and respect to all of you guys uh, from the whole love family. I've been under the weather, you guys. I'm uh, finally feeling a lot better. Uh, the last few weeks, uh, we've been having all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, DC Book Diva took over the radio show this past Wednesday with Sean Starlin. She was doing her thing. She did an excellent job. She held me down. Uh, shout out to her for that, you know. Uh, we want to keep this thing going, you know what I'm saying, give you guys that extra push and that, that positive energy that we push out each and every week to you guys. So uh, definitely, definitely uh, want to give her a shout-out for that. Um, now, with all of the distractions and the, all of the stuff that's going on on social media, like, you know, Chris Brown and the Soldier Boy feud, Man, I can't wait to talk to our special guest about that tonight because, man, that's just a big distraction if you ask me, you know. And I, I want to—I just want everybody that's listening in to just know that we cannot get sidetracked. We cannot get sidetracked, you know. Let's try to remain focused on important issues, you know, like we got a new president going into office, President-elect Donald Trump. You know, his whole idea of making America great again is definitely not for us. It's Definitely not inclusive for the minorities, you know. We got to prepare ourselves for what's to come because only God, he knows, you know. Shout out to all of the callers that are uh, calling in right now. and see the line is blazing up. Everybody that's tuning in via internet and uh, all of the listeners that will be listening to this show at a later time through the archives. Now, now that I got all of that out of the way, you know, I want to introduce to you our special guest tonight, he's the author of A Drug Dealer's Dream uh, and King, which is a bestseller. He was also the owner of King Publishing Group. So without further ado, I want to bring my special guest on the line tonight, Mr. Tremaine Johnson. You're on the line with Callie Kim, the boss. How are you doing tonight? Peace, Callie. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Man, I can't complain. I'm here, you know, 
breathing, giving God thanks for another day, another chance at this thing we call life, you know? Yes, definitely, definitely. It's a, it's a blessing. And for you even to be doing this is a blessing, you know? That's what's up. Man, for real, for real, you know? Um, I just wanna, uh, I just wanna thank you, you know, uh, for coming on the show. I've been anticipating this show for quite some time. I know DC Book Diva set this up a while ago before the holidays, so you know I've been preparing myself for you to come on, and it's a pleasure to have you on Love for the Lockdown finally. So, you know what, what I like to do is I like to always take our guests back. I like to, you know, uh, give our listeners a, a big insight on who you are, where you're. Coming from, so let's start off by telling our listeners, you know, where you're from and where you're currently residing now. Okay, well, I'm from uh, New Rochelle, New York, side of Westchester County. If you're not familiar, um, okay. and right now, upstate, I'm, right? Well, I mean, not really considered upstate New York, but um, okay, it's about 15 minutes outside of the city. Oh, okay, okay. So it's right, you know, it's right there. It's not really upstate New York, but um, yeah. But but right now I'm in um, I'm in Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So this is where I've been here for the last year. Oh, okay. All right. So um, tell us uh, what life was like for you growing up in New York. You know, what was that like? I mean, um. I want to say typical, but, you know, I grew up in the projects. Uh, we wasn't the poorest, but, you know, we went through our rough times, having without, going without for, you know, a short amount of time. But basically my upbringing wasn't too crazy. I, you know, I had, uh, up until I was nine years old, I had both parents. My father passed away when I was nine. So my mom's held it down from then on. Um. You know, I mean, it was you know, it was kind of it was kind of rough, but it wasn't too crazy. So, you know, we, we, I made it through. Okay, that's what's up. You know, I like to ask those type of questions because you know we got callers that's calling from all over the world. Okay, believe me, Australia, Europe, uh, Canada, California, Jamaica. Believe me, the analytics don't lie. So I love to yeah. open the people up so they can kind of have an idea as to what life is like all around the world. You feel what I'm saying? You're from New York, like I'm from California. Life is pretty much the same, but quite different in a lot of aspects. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Even with, you know, For real. Like, the, like the projects, you know, it's a whole different scenario from east and west. So that's right. what I'm saying on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay, um, when was the first time that you got in trouble with the law? Like, you know, I have to ask that because, you know, everybody that's listening in from behind the walls, they all have a story that start off from the beginning. So let's talk about that. What was that like, your first time running into trouble with the law? Definitely. Um, I don't I don't know if I remember the exact first time, but one of the first times was um, it was in the projects. I was probably around maybe – 13 or 14, maybe, maybe a little younger. But um, I think the fire department and the police department were called about uh, somebody stuck in the elevator or something like that. But um, 
when the police came, I was sitting in front of the building. Matter of fact, when the police the police ran in, was running in the building, and I was coming down, and the uh, you know the officer was banging on the door to try to get in. Now nobody was actually stuck in the elevator, but I guess the alarm went off, and so this dude was mm-hmm. banging on the door. You know, open the door, motherfucker. He's cursing at me or whatever. So I just looked at him, turned around, and and walked the other way. I went around to the back door. So, you know, they go up in there. They go up in the building. They come out about 10 minutes later, and I'm sitting in front of the building. The same officer approaches me. You asshole, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, you are, uh, what he's obstruction of justice. I can lock you up. Or, you know, he's in my face crazy. And we basically got into a little scuffle. So that night, I that, mm-hmm. was, my, that was my first time I got arrested for um. They they booked me for disorderly conduct. I didn't get arrested for like assault on an officer or nothing like that. But okay, that was- okay, okay. So um, I know that you you know you spent a little bit of time in and out of uh, prison. Why don't you tell us like what was your experience like in the belly of the beast and where exactly? Called my case in New York in uh, Westchester County. It was a um it was a gun charge. Uh, basically, I just, I had my gun one night. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in the street, so, you know, I felt, I felt safe with my gun on my side. I wasn't, a, I wouldn't consider myself a troublemaker. I was, I was running around in the street trying to get money. So, it was things mm-hmm. going on. So, you had to protect yourself. Yeah, definitely. And there was a lot of things going on at the time, so I felt I needed to have that. This one mm-hmm. particular night, uh, somebody else, one of the young guys, had their gun and they was playing around with it and shot themselves in the park. You know, everybody chilling in the park, gun goes off. So uh, yeah. really nothing happens after that. You know, nobody made a big deal of it, but about 15, 20 minutes later, the police just rushed. They rushed the area. So when I run, you know, I run off or whatever, and I get caught up and they they find the gun. So basically I got that charge and I got, um that was like my second felony. My first one was a paper felony that I got uh, five years probation for. Okay. So now, so now they, you know, they're running in together, and uh, I was facing state time. So they, they uh, mm-hmm. basically, I got offer down to seven years. They tried to give me fifteen years. I got it down to seven, and I did. Uh, I did four in from 2006 to 2010. Most of the time, I did in a in the medium. Um, Mm-hmm. Most of I think it was Fishkill where I spent most of like a portion of the time in Fishkill. But okay. um you know, I tried to utilize what, that time. What, yeah, what what is like uh what is it like inside of uh New York State prison? You know, I, I watch lock up sometimes and you know, you see different places and different scenarios. Like what is it like inside of lock up in New York State prison? Like well, the uh, environment. Yeah, I mean, you know, different jails, different environments. Um, you got mm-hmm. some jails where where it's, it, it gets wild and then you got some, you know, where where it's real calm and you got a lot of dudes just trying to get do their time. Uh Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely strict. It's super strict. Uh, I mean, for somebody that hasn't been in prison, mm-hmm. basically it's it's somewhere where you don't want to be. <laughs> somewhere where you're told, <laughs> so you're told what to do, everything that you need to do, and how to do it. 
and at what time, you know, under their strict rules, like it's it's very it's a very strict environment. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, uh, like, you know, the people that you got to live amongst, the people that are housed there, you know, um, is it, like, always a hostile environment? Because, like, in the in, uh, California State Prison, oh, it goes down. I mean, it's, it's all type of tension going on. I mean, you got the racial wars between the blacks and the Mexicans and the whites. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, you know, it's just really, really segregated. And then they fight amongst each other. You know, yeah. so it's 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 like it, that's the type of politics it is down um, down out here in California. Like, what's the politics like out there? I mean, uh, I know that in New York, it's you know, it's so many different races. That's like the the place where all nations meet. I mean, you got all kind of uh, different ethnicities and different people coming from different places. Like when they all caged up in one place, I mean, is it really really hostile or is, you know people chill? Like, what is it like? No, nah, it's very hostile. It's very hostile. Um, especially like, see, my situation was like I come from Westchester County, so dealing with the five boroughs is a little different. When you're dealing with the mm-hmm. five boroughs, you're dealing with Rikers Island, and you know okay. that's like uh, one of the, it's it's like one of the the worst jails in the mm-hmm. in the country as far as jails go. Mm-hmm. Um, me being from Westchester County, I went through Valhalla, which is a uh, a county jail. But it's not like it's nothing like Rikers Island. But the okay. state prison, New York State prison, the max, like the max, those mm-hmm. that's where it goes down. At that's where you get a lot of that, you know, the stabbing, the riot, racial wars, and things like that. Experience I was in, I was in medium. So you know, you you, it definitely will go down in certain jails. But it's more like a, uh, I've seen more of like gang activity. Rather than um than people you know basically like standing up against the police and things like that, that that basically I, I see that happening more in in the max in New York as far as New York State prisons. Okay, okay. So um okay now we know all that you know uh, I know that you're a writer. When did your journey in writing start? Did it uh, start while you were in lockup, or was it? something that you had going on before all of that? Well, I've definitely been writing probably all my life. I started out writing like uh, just little, I want to call them poems, little poems, little little uh, sayings, and then I started writing music. Mm-hmm. I was heavy into music, so we were recording okay. a lot of music. But it wasn't until I went away to prison where I, I sat down and I um, – I decided I wanted to write a, a whole book and try to, you know, do that. Okay. And what encouraged you? I mean, you know, most people say that, uh, you know, their experience and being locked up and not having anything to do is their encouragement, but you were already writing before that uh, situation occurred. So what, what pushed you to start writing books? What was, you know, what was your encouragement? Well, definitely beyond the the love of just writing and the art, I I was looking for a way out. Like I knew I couldn't come back home and continue to do the same thing I was doing because I wasn't uh-huh. in, I wasn't it. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I was just trying to try to basically trying to uh, devise a new hustle. You know, I mm-hmm. seen it was a, it was a 
way I could get some money on something that I like to do. So I, I felt I couldn't go wrong. Um, now that uh, you, you know, I see that you uh, have two books out, you know, how did you publish your, your first book and why did you go that route? Okay. I actually got more than two, but yeah, with the first two. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, definitely. The first one, A Drug Dealer's Dream, was basically, like I said, I, I uh, wrote that. I started writing it in 2006, a few months after I went in to do the time, and I uh-huh. finished it in late 2007. And so, um, the person I was dealing with on the outside, you know, I was inquiring about. I, matter of fact, I had sent her the, the manuscript, the written manuscript that I wrote. She was like, yo, it was good. You know, I think you should try to do something mm-hmm. with it. But I didn't know what direction to take. I didn't know where to go, who to ask or what. So she started doing a little research for me, getting me some paperwork inside. I started doing my research, and I, f- I found out that uh, the self-publishing route was the route that I wanted to go. Okay. So I didn't feel the, uh, I basically didn't want to deal with the rejection from the, you know, from the big companies and things like that. Mhm. Mhm. So I just, I'll just do it on my. And um, okay. once we uh, once I got an edit on it, I got I got somebody to do the cover. I found a um, a on-demand printer, mm-hmm. and I put a little bit of money I had into it and just pressed up a few. I pressed up about two hundred books on my first. First run, and uh, uh-huh. and that was it. That's how it started. Hmm. That's what's up. And I can imagine, um, you know, stepping out on faith and and you know, starting up your own company with your own product had to feel good, you know, um, opposed to you know waiting for somebody to tell you how they're going to do things or how things are going to be done. Uh, what was your experience like when you stepped out into the scene with your books? You know, what was the, what was your, uh, the, I guess the straight reaction to you? Well, it was crazy because that at the time you figure it was 2008 and mm-hmm. I was on, I was basically on a work release program. So I was out um, five days a week from the jail to work. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, I was going to work and also trying to sell these books at the same time. And around this time, as far as New York go, paperbacks were starting to decline. Like as far as the streets go, people, you know, people were starting yeah. to gravitate the, to the, the uh, e-read. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was still they were still out there. I I definitely saw. You know, I, I was I was in Harlem selling books. I was down in Midtown. I know mm-hmm. a, a few places. Where they were still buying books, I, I did a few um, of my own book signings out in Westchester County. You know, the the feedback was definitely good. It was more than what I expected. You know, I got a lot of feedback from people I didn't know, and that that's mm-hmm. what really that's what really was pushing me because I, you know, I, the people I in my circle, the people that I know, I know they ain't gonna, they wouldn't go too crazy on me. You know, if they didn't like it, <laughs> they know. might know it's alright. You know, most of them was gonna say, "Yo, you know, that's dope. Keep doing your thing." But I just was, anyway. you know, I've had everybody's opinion. But it was just the the people that was outside of me. Once they was, you know, giving me the okay, that was fueling me to go a little harder. That's right. That's right. Okay. 
So um, now you said, uh, you know, you stepped out in 2008 and, you know, the, the paperback book uh, business was kind of dying down, which is true, you know, um, and everybody started moving to the e-book. So how was your success uh, with the e-books, you know? Really, my first, like the first try, because I had put it, I put it up on Amazon in 2008 when I when it, uh-huh. when it, like right after I pressed it up, I found out about the Kindle, and I put it up there. I put it up there for six dollars. So about okay. uh, maybe two months later, I checked the sales. I only had two sales, so I was like, uh-huh. "Damn, well, nobody about it." Like I ain't got no type of marketing, no promotion going on. So I'm studying uh-huh. Amazon, and I seen a book from a white off at 99 cents on the charts, killing them, 1,000-plus reviews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just, what he did on my second one, this is this is around, so now it's 2009, going in 10, I'm working on my second book. So now when my second book come out, first thing I do is put it to Kindle, 99 cents, mm-hmm. and then it went through the roof. Bam. <laughs> That's what's up. That's always good to hear because, you know, everybody don't um, run into that type of uh, fortune, you know, or I should say is fortunate enough to run into that type of success. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And you said that, uh, you know, I I, I read that you had two books uh, published. Let's talk about the other books that you have. Okay, yeah, the, uh, the first two was A Drug Dealer's Dream. The second one was King. The third mm-hmm. book I put out um, was The Union, which was a three-book series. That was um, oh. I, I'd done a deal, um, a partnership deal with another publisher, and he put that out under his company. And, um, uh-huh. That first one, I think, came out in 2012, The Union Part 1. Okay. So I think. Had like you know, I had a little following built up as far as the Kindle thing go, the ebooks. You know, Facebook came into play mm-hmm. a lot. You know, social media in a whole came into a play, and um, we just started generating a lot of uh, readers, and mm-hmm. it just picked up. By the time I put out that Union book, I was fighting for for like the top spots on Amazon as far as African American fiction. So, what 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 do uh, you have plans for the future? I mean, you know, you got these books. You've been doing all of this stuff with uh, your publishing company. Do you have any plans on um, doing any uh, publishing for other authors? Well, basically, that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, I want to say, three and a half, three years. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, enlighten me, enlighten me. Come on, man, talk. Look, you you are real laid back. You are full of surprises. I mean, are you serious? I mean, I know that you know, I'm familiar with your work and stuff, but I didn't know that you had other offers. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I've had, I've had a bunch of offers. Uh, I mean, my company, King Publishing Group, I've had that since 2004, late 2014. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to date, I published over 50 authors, and 
probably over 200 e-books. Wow, that's impressive. That's like uh, super impressive. Mm-hmm. A bunch of number titles, a bunch of Amazon bestsellers. But uh, okay. I mean, so right now I'm getting back into my writing. I gotta, I got, I got something coming this year. Okay, that's what's up. So, um, do you uh, do any publishing for you know um, anybody that's incarcerated? Definitely. Oh, definitely. Okay, talk about it because you know we have a lot of uh, listeners that you know uh, have ambitions to become writers. You know, and I always like to give them different options. You know, as to which way they can go because that you know you know what it's like. You know, to be uh, in a place that you can't really get your work uh, seen or heard or you know or any type of. I guess any any type of uh, suggestions as to which way they should go. What 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 would you suggest for them to do in case they wanted to reach out to you? Okay, um, as far as the as far as my company goes, King Publishing Group, I mm-hmm. um I a few authors that's behind the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, within the last month, we had a book come out by um, kid uh, Zi Vincent Warren. Um, okay. So basically, anybody that's down trying to reach out, the first the first thing that you would need is somebody on the outside that can handle your business, mm-hmm. that can you know that can do that can do something for you, because that's where okay. you know deal, dealing with the situation I ran into that problem with a certain person, you know they had somebody on the outside, but then they slipped away and then they couldn't get in touch, and you know communication gets a little messed up. So that mm-hmm. that's the first thing. Have you know, have a solid have somebody on the outside solid that can handle your business for you. If you got that, then as long as you got, you know, the ambition to push, the work, the drive and you're ready to go, mm-hmm. we can um take submissions at King Publishing Group at gmail dot com. The uh, guidelines uh three to five chapters word on a word document. Of course, if you're behind the wall and you and you only have it on paper, I do have um, you know, a way that you can get your work to me if you're trying to get it to me like that. Okay. But uh, you know, basically, you could just get the email. But I just want to stress the fact that if you do reach out, make sure you have somebody on the outside because I can't really deal with like me and mm-hmm. somebody. You know, it's a little hard to do that. Right. Right which I, I always stress that um, to all of them that, you know, inquire about having their uh, books published because at the end of the day, it's more than just turning over a manuscript to turn into a book. It's about pushing yeah. that book, you know. It's about making that book sell, getting it into the hands of the readers and, and building their brand. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So everybody that's listening in, that you know um, have ambitions to uh, publish their work or have their their work published, I should say. You know those are the the, the guidelines that you should follow, um, and make sure that you know you can find somebody that you could depend on that can help you push 
because when you're not able to push and when you're not available to, you know, let the readers know what's going on with you, you definitely have to have somebody pushing for you so that people can um, know that you're still relevant. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, like, we have uh, so much people on the line. Um, all of the people that are uh, calling in and listening to us via switchboard, press number one if you want to talk to us. I'll talk back. I'm sure Tremaine will, too. Um, I see they're lighting it up now. I'm, I'm going to go to the switchboard in just a second. But before we do that, let's go pay a bill, and we'll be right back. Tune in to Love for the Lockdown Radio each and every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Send special dedications to your loved ones behind the walls by emailing love for the lockdown radio at gmail.com or send your special dedications live by calling 347-215-8932. Again, the number is 347-215-8932. Follow us on Facebook. What up, y'all? This is Ty Marshall, author of the Keys to the Kingdom series and my new book, Luxury and Larceny. You now listen to Love for the Lockdown Radio with your girl, Callie Kim. This is Tony Lewis Jr., author of the book Slugger Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration. You're listening to Love for the Lockdown Radio. Are you looking to expand your distribution to libraries worldwide? Did you know readers are downloading ebooks straight to e-readers like the Kindle, Nook, and iPad from their local library? There are nearly 120,000 libraries of all kinds in the U.S. alone. Is your ebook available in this market? Would you like to have your ebook available in this market? Look no further. ULR Distribution is assisting authors and small publishers to expand in this market. For more information, send an email to urbanlitreview at yahoo.com. That's urbanlitreview at yahoo.com. And start earning in this market today. Hey, everybody. If you're just tuning in, you're tuned in to Love for the Lockdown Radio. This is your girl, Callie Kim, the boss. I got my special guest tonight, Tremaine Johnson. Excuse me, guys, on the line with us. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the lines. Uh, For those that press number one, um, I'm coming straight to you. Uh, Let's go to our first caller, area code 360-481. You're on the line with Tremaine Johnson and Callie Kim. What's up? Hey, Callie. It's Jane Pinella. What's up? Hey, Angel. How you doing? I'm good, baby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's to you, too. What's up with you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I just want to tell you, Tremaine is being very modest. He is an excellent author. He's got tons of books <laughs> out. Um, he, he's he got a great publishing company. I asked about a year and a half ago. So, uh-huh. yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Hi, Tremaine. Who's that? You hear that, Tremaine? Who's that? Yeah, I hear you. Who's that? Jane Pinella. Oh, Jane. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, oh, that's uh, that's, our that's our love. That's our love. Yeah, that's our love. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you guys. That's our love for the lockdown angel, Jane Panella. She put you on blast, Tremaine. She said you're being very modest, <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'd like to. I'd like to uh, second that motion. You know, 
I mean, I got the the email that I got about the information about Jermaine Johnson was what it was, and I'm like, you know what? Now that you mention all this stuff, everything is coming uh, to light. Yes, this dude is <laughs> he's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's I've on. read he's everything. He's trying to wrote. act like he's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've read up. every book he's ever wrote, so believe me, I I I know what I'm talking about. I've read everything he's ever wrote. Definitely. That's what's up. Well, thank you uh, for calling in tonight. You know, we got nothing but love for you, Jay. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Okay. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, let's go on to our next caller. And I see new callers just uh, linking in with us. If you're uh, listening in and you want to talk to myself or Jermaine Johnson, press the number one button. That's the only way I'll bring you in on this conversation, okay? So let's go to our next caller. Area code 951-225. You're on the line with Callie Kim and Jermaine Johnson. Hi. This is Mama Hi. Cheryl. Hi. Hi, Mama Cheryl. I know that voice. How can I forget? <laughs> uh, How are I'm just you? calling in to say I'm fantastic. Got a little cold, but I'm doing fantastic and uh, awesome. celebrating my birthday. And, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> just wanted to... Thank you. Just wanted to let you know I'm listening in. It's always so awesome just to listen to the authors that uh, I'm not familiar with and and just mm-hmm. listening to what's going on. And I always want to give a shout-out to all the lockdown. We love you. We support you. And Happy New Year. Yes, Happy. yes. Happy New Year. And so uh, – yeah, just wanted to let you know I'm out here, and uh, I heard Jane, and, and all right, girl. <laughs> so just giving my well, support wanted, and my love. Yeah, I wanted to tell you, you know, your love and support is always appreciated here at Love for the Lockdown, Mama Cheryl. Uh, for those of you that are listening in and don't know who Mama Cheryl is, that's uh, Godfather Wesley Hunter's mom. She's been holding her son down for the past 25-plus years. Uh, she's mm. definitely a love for the lockdown angel, um, and Mama Cheryl is celebrating her birthday, her 66th birthday. I go, oh, she gonna tell it 66th birthday. <laughs> 66. Just as, as lovely as she was, she was 25. Just as beautiful, honey. So happy birthday to you! Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do for us all, Mama Cheryl. And you know, thank oh. God that you're here with us for another year. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys keep me going. And I love you. Take care and be blessed. Okay. Likewise, Mama. Thank you for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Tremaine, uh, those two uh, ladies that called in are some of our love for the Lockdown Angels. See, we got a crew of supporters that – you know, ride with their loved ones uh, that are incarcerated. Some of them have been doing it for 30-plus years, and it's a big support group, you know, and they definitely, definitely give us a lot of support here at the show. Definitely. That's what's up. That's 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 yeah. huge right there. Wow, yeah, that's huge. Really. For real. 
So, I mean, like, for real, Tremaine, you so modest, just like James puts you out on blast. He said you uh, are so modest. Yes, you are. You so laid back. Nobody would have ever, unless they know, you know, nobody would have ever thought that, you know, you have so much accomplished. Like, dude, you have so much to be uh, boastful for, and you're not. You're so humble within your blessings. And, you know, that alone, to me, is enough for me to commend you for. So, you know, Enough success to you, continued success, I should say. You know, um, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight, you know, just talking to us about your experience, sharing with us all that you have been through, what you have accomplished to, um, you know, give support to those that are um, behind the walls. You know, it means a lot. Definitely, definitely. And like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate the show because, it's things like this that keep a lot of people going, you know. Oh, yeah. Brothers, I'm getting text messages oh, right now. <laughs> I'm oh. getting text messages right now, and they just be, but you're going to, I'm sure you're going to get some um, some inboxes and emails because they're asking all <laughs> kinds of questions that I can't answer right now. And I, you guys that are texting me, make sure that you hit him up on um, his social media, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, give them give them your information again, uh, Jermaine, for those who did not hear. Give them your information where they can contact you. Okay, definitely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on uh, all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever else is out there. You can find me on those. Uh, my website is TremaineJ.com. All my books are available on the website and on Kindle, so you can go either way you, you feel. Uh, as far as King Publishing Group goes, uh, we're taking all submissions right now for the new year. We're opening up shop. Um, King Publishing Group at gmail.com. The minimum guidelines are three to five chapters, sample chapters. In a word document, double space. Uh, send you a, send a short bio and some contact information, and we'll, we will get back to you. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you guys heard it. You know, uh, Tremaine Johnson. Check him out on his social media. I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight, Tremaine. It was a pleasure having you. Um, you know, it was a pleasure having you, and I want to. Um, extend the offer for you to <clears throat> excuse me be able to come on the show anytime you have a release your authors send your authors our way you know they have a story they want to be released you know send them our way you know we'll help you pump you know because these readers they love reading behind the wall you already know what it is definitely definitely i appreciate that i appreciate it Most thank definitely. you Most definitely so um yeah, we'll keep in contact for sure. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. We're about to end the show, you guys. So until next time, love for the Lockdown Radio. See you guys at the same time, same place next Sunday. Love for the Lockdown Radio. Good night. Peace.